This is war. Okay, this is what they say all the time about this uh, attack upon the coronavirus issue and that we need to treat this as a war very similar to what we did in World War II and this is our generation's war, don't you know? You know, Ari, when I hear that phrase, you know what I think? What a crock of crap. It, it really is such a crap when, when they say this. If, if you treat it, if you're going to say that it's a war, then treat it like a war, okay? And it's not World War II. Even if it were World War II, you're not treating it at all like World War II. What you're really treating it like is like a bunch of cowards, okay? If, if it's about World War II, then, you know, or any big war like that, you would expect sacrifice, right? People understand that when you go to war, your people may die. In fact, there will be casualties. Soldiers will die. Okay, your civilians will die, especially in, in World War II is in the civilian, in the European theater. There are many people who are going to die because, guess what? That's what war entails, okay? But no, 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 they don't want that. They want everyone to stay home. If they really treated this like a war, Ari, they would say, go into, into business. We're not going to let this whole civilization collapse because the whole purpose of war, what are you defending? You're defending your civilization, right? When we were fighting World War II against the Nazis, it was because we wanted to maintain our way of life, not just America's, but Western civilization, generally speaking, uh, from this monster called Adolf Hitler. That's what we were doing. We were fighting fascism. We did not want to be taken over. And that entailed many men dying. I think it was something like 60,000, 100,000 men died in World War II alone. And to say nothing of the civilian casualties, which are far greater, not just in America, mostly in Europe, of course. But horrific uh, situations were going on because we wanted to maintain our way of life. Now, bring this to the coronavirus situation, or as Trump correctly calls it, the, China's, the China virus situation. What is it called, Chinese or China? Uh, I think either is correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. Bring it to the Chinese virus. Uh, why isn't that exactly the same thing? We, we want to preserve life uber alles. There should not be one life lost as a result of this. But we're, and we're willing to completely, utterly destroy our civilization. Which will process. lead to a lot of loss of life. Yeah, I of assume. course. And that's another story. Yeah. That, that, that's, you're 100% right. We talked about that yeah. last week. The point is that we're not... If we are really interested in saving our, if this is really a war, right, and the purpose of war is to defend your civilization, then we're not defending our civilization. We're letting it be destroyed. Well, let's let's back up a little. Who is saying it's a war? Be specific. <laughs> Who? The, the Liptards. Oh, the wrongest. Yes. The Democrapists. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, the question I have for you, and maybe I'm going way ahead here. Who are they making war against, okay. really? No, I, I, don't want, I don't want to derail this. The point is, and I, and I know what you're, I know you're going with that, but the point is that if we see this as a war, and then we have to ask us, uh, ourselves, what is the purpose of war? The purpose of war is to defend your way of life, right? Yeah, you know, win we, the war. Yeah, and, and you, it's, it's not the Department of uh, 
you know, uh, saving lives. It's the Department of Defense, right? Right. It's not the Department of Wokeness. Right. And that's and, what, and I think that's what you're getting at, yeah. where we get statements like from our uh, our August mayor. Right. But what, uh, something what are we... like, I need you to all say, oh, but if you're an immigrant, don't be afraid to get tested. We won't arrest you when you're tested. <laughs> well, that kind of stuff. You are going way off track, but I appreciate that. Look, what are we defending? Right? If, if, if it's the Department of Defense and the Pentagon and we sp spend billions and so on on defense, everyone talks about that. The, the ultimate question is, what are we defending? We're defending America and our way of life. That's it. But this, this uh, situation, well, we're perfectly happy to let it be destroyed. Uh, it, this is the equivalent, in, the, in using their own phrase, of a massive bomb. But the problem is that we are bombing ourselves. It's not the virus that's doing the job. It's we who are doing the job for the sake of uh, avoiding tens of thousands of people dying. Okay? Look, it may be tens of thousands. Right now, as, as we look at the scoreboard, so to speak, because that's the way CNN and MSNBC always kind of portray it. Look at these numbers. I mean, they, they, they talk about lives, lives are so important, and yet they, they treat it like a number. Okay? It's you know, anyway, it, it keeps on going up. We're past 1,000 right now in terms of deaths in America. And I don't know, I think like 24,000 throughout the entire world. But again, it's uh, the comparison to the flu is very apt. We have anywhere between 30 and 80,000 a year dying from the flu, the common flu. And uh, this somehow takes precedence. And this one, it's, it's worthy of us totally and utterly destroying our civilization. Uh, there's also one thing that seems to make this worse. It seems that uh, certain people have stumbled upon a cure. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Wait, wait. I, I, I really want to get to that. Yeah, I, I just want to say for now, we'll get to it later, yeah. is we will know in about four to six days whether or not the cure actually works mass scale-wise. Of course. Because that cure has now been unrolled onto most of the patients We'll talk about that in a moment. But the point is that we want... To, if we're going to fight this war, then treat it like a real war. Don't don't pretend you're you're fighting a war when you're what you're really doing is you're engaging in massive cowardice. We want to run run into your homes, stay there, and somehow declare you a fighter. It's you know you might as well you know put put uh, you know a one of those fake li lightsabers in your kid's hands and make him think that he's actually fighting a war. Of course he's not. You know it's it's not real. This is not real. This is, in fact, it's worse than that. You are, you are asking people to act like cowards and then telling them that they're warriors. They are not. You're destroying the very economy that you, you're supposedly defending. It's a civilization that you're destroying, in fact. And, and the, the fact that they mass themselves into this, they, they embrace themselves in this, this bravado that they are somehow engaging in fantastic, massive courage in this act of selflessness. No, you're just destroying the country. And putting aside the fact that this is gonna to lead to more deaths anyway because a recession and then a depression, as it might otherwise end up being, is gonna be far more damaging to the civilization than anything, if we just, even if we just let this massively go on. So, uh, this coronavirus go on. So what is the answer? The answer is, that, and, and, and Trump already said it, but I, we've been saying it ourselves, both you and I, Ari, that you, you engage in a, a massive campaign to uh, wash your hands, to engage in some degree of social distancing. Hey, be very careful out there. Do public service announcements. Fine. Okay. But you don't close down everything. 
Yeah, you don't close down, down the businesses. Shut down uh, the restaurants need to change how they practice. That you sit at a table, someone else comes to a table. Okay, that makes sense for now. Right. right? You might shut down uh, sports and concerts. You right. know, mass gatherings of theaters, things like that. Yeah, anything above 200, 200 people. Let's Fine, say. but. The rest of it, you say, and I was thinking about something about how hygienically oriented America was from the 1920s to the 1960s, right? Before the hippie movement made everything filthy again. And I was thinking just logically about it and going, well, that was probably all an extension of the 1918 outbreak. When those generations remembered what happened, it changed their behavior for like 30 years. Right. And we became the cleanest country on earth. And... If that happens from this day forward for the next 30 or 40 years, that's a good thing. Uh, restaurants will have to change how they practice. Things will have to be more hygienic. Grocery stores are already sparkling clean in ways that I haven't seen in many years since right. I was a kid. That's all good stuff. Right. Okay? And you know what? That stuff is actually good for the economy. Right. So let's let's get back to the, the main point is that if yeah. we're going to respond to this and we want to minimize the virus damage, then what you do is you engage in this sort of public service announcement. Yeah, you and I think you you're counsel- about to say, and younger people who are not at risk can be the ones to first unroll themselves into the workplace. Again. Right, exactly right. So and that and well that's that's how to deal with the situation right now. And I yeah. and I agree with you. But nevertheless, this is madness. You cannot, uh, you know, we're going to end up uh, with, you know, it's the operation is a, a, the operation was a success, but the patient died, right? right? We don't want that, right? I yeah. mean, I, you know, we don't say, yay, you know, you know, pat ourselves on the back, look at all this stuff. When we really minimize the, uh, the damages, oh, by the way, where's our country? Oh, oh, what happened? Remember that time that we decided to... Stop all business and everything. Well, you know, our overlords now, the, the Chinese and the Russians, have taken over our country. But we can feel good that we saved approximately 10,000 lives. Okay? Because that's what it will be. That's what it will amount to. The difference is between, you know, zero and 10,000 uh, lives that we will have saved had we uh, not engaged in this um, social distancing madness. And uh, this, well, I would say the social distancing alone. But this utter shutdown of the country, had we not engaged in this utter shutdown of the country, I think the difference in deaths would be about 10,000. Yeah. Now, do you think the country can survive? And should, and should we, I'm sorry, I'll just oh, interrupt this up. And then I want, I want your question, of course. Should we destroy a country for the sake of 10, uh, let's even say 50,000 lives? Okay. 50,000 lives. That's Hell a no. lot of people. Hell no. Otherwise, we would have said, you just said it. We right. would have just surrendered at the beginning of World War II right. if right. that was the case. Yep. Because exactly we lost right. 50,000 in World War II, which, by the way, is a tiny best investment return in history. Right. 50,000 lives defeating three empires. Exactly. You know, exactly beautiful. Right. So, yeah. And, but, and, but my if question we were is, to, if we were to, hold on, and, yeah. and then I want your question. Go. If we were to prosecute World War II the same way that we are prosecuting this quote-unquote war, uh, <laughs> here's what we would do. We say, okay, whatever you do, just hide in your houses and pretend that Hitler is not there, and uh, in that way, you know, nobody will get, no, nobody will die. That's it. Yeah. And and you will save the fifty thousand soldiers for sure, and then fifty thousand um, you know more civilians, probably millions of civilians. Okay, if, if not, well, what is one billion? But you would you would definitely save millions of lives if you just surrendered. Okay, there it is. Your civilization doesn't exist anymore. It's been taken over by the fascists and ultimately the communists. But 
don't you worry because you saved a couple of tens of thousands yeah. of lives. Now, you know, that I was getting asked the here, I'll ask this question, but I don't answer it because I'm going to ask the second one too. This is a two parter. All as right. The media would All say. right. Okay. So if there was a, a date certain that the, the, a system of uh, isolation would be relaxed and rolled out. And let's just say that's, uh, you know, first or second week of April. Um, how much damage would that cause, provided that there's also a sea change in America to bring back a lot of that stuff from China and do it domestically now, too? Because I think there'd be an economic explosion at home because of that, with the short-term sacrifice. Yeah, of course. I, I look at these things different. As you know, I'm kind of a contrarian. I, I don't just accept the facts. When somebody says, um, or accept the arguments, uh, I, I, I say, well, how so? How, how does that fit? You call it a war. Well, let's see. Is it really like World War II? Is it really the situation that you describe? And if it were the case, then you would expect it to be... Uh, you know, you would expect us to have be willing to sacrifice, but we're not willing to sacrifice. Except what we are—the only thing we're sacrificing—is the very civilization that we're supposed to be defending. That's irony, but I'm not willing to live with that kind of tragic irony. That—that that is, you—you just—you cannot accept. You have to be so much more cynical these days. When people give you this bullcrap, no, I'll say it, it's bullshit. Okay, it's bullshit. I like this. Yeah, this, I know you this, do. This, I know. The last two episodes are, are finally <laughs> much. This is the gritty, raw shit we've been waiting for. I know. Well, it years. is. It is bull. And uh, you know, these people just trot out these phrases, and they talk. You know, and and uh, you know, and when when people talk about the coronavirus, uh, the cure, uh, this chloroquine, and uh, you know, related to some sort of cocktail with antibiotics as well. But well, I'll just say chloroquine, and. And then, you know, we're supposed to now hear from MSNBC and CNN that it actually kills people. And this person died because they took it and it was the equivalent of some sort of pool cleaner. And I, I just really, this is, this is where you're going. And they know that people will buy this. And then it becomes the talking points and such. I don't know where I got this sort of uh, approach, Ari, where I hear something and I say, really, is that so? Uh, and I'm, it's, I'm not cynical in a negative way. I just don't accept the package that's being given. How about it's because you realize you were a lot of people, you've been lied to by the media for so long that, oh, you, you know, you yeah. lied to me about Ferguson, the Covington kids, Russia, 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 Ukraine, global warming, this, that, the other, Bush is Hitler, Kavanaugh. blood for yeah. oil, Kavanaugh. Oh, I'm supposed to believe you now just yeah. because you said it? Well, you believe- Isn't this just the little boy who cried wolf yeah, story? You're 100% right. No, you're 200% right. But the problem is that you and I, you have the same mentality that I do. Uh, you and I look at these things, but you would think that people would have this, you know, this is just wolf wolf again, like you said. But a lot of people, very bright people, very bright people, uh, just accept this stuff. Oh, we need to flatten the curve. Oh, you know, this is the mission, you know, and, and such like that. Well, the mission may be utterly destructive to our civilization in the meantime, but you don't, you don't factor that whatsoever. I mean, really, it's, it's fascinating, and they talk to you like you're the idiot. Yeah. Uh, you know, they say, well, we need to flatten the curve because we don't want the hospitals to be overwhelmed. So we think, okay, well, is there another way to not overwhelm the hospitals? Yeah, build Other, more hospitals. Yeah, build more hospitals, make mass units, whatever it is. We can, we can build... 
a home in a total makeover on TV, reality TV, in one fucking day. You know, surely we can build, a, a, you know, a hospital, maybe not a beautiful hospital, in one fucking week. Yeah, but enough. And, and, and we're supposed to believe that the same people who introduced all the disease into our society via the homeless population now suddenly gives a crap's ass about disease? Yeah. I mean, what the... Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's... It, it, the, the, the contradictions and the hypocrisy is so overwhelming and it's so disturbing that, you know, it's what's the expression? Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, right? And that's what they do all the time. They, they want you to forget all the other things that they had said before. You know, the homeless example is a very good yeah, one. Yeah, sanctuary cities, homeless. Not yeah, I'll get to that. The, yeah, the, the, that. Yeah, the shit. illegal immigration, the no voter ID, you know, the, the, the orgy culture. Like, all sex is good. And, and, and just throw yourselves in together. I'm not even talking about the coronavirus right now. I'm talking about STDs. Right. You know, the, the, this, this notion that we just... You know, uh, throw caution to the wind. That is the culture that the libs want to give us. And, and, and if you're a, a, a liberal or a lefty, listen to this. You know I'm right. I mean, the, the core, if there's one theme, if you had to distill it to one concept, uh, what, what leftism offers is, you know, fewer and fewer rules, no distinctions, and let it all hang out. Right? I mean, everything is good. That's the, dis the distillation of the leftist uh, ideology. Right? And there are consequences to that. And they don't want to accept those consequences. So, sure, it, now with the homeless, now they, now they are correctly putting them into centers that it has its own problems. I, I get that. But at least they're not in the streets coughing on, on everyone else. You know, they can cough on each other, I suppose, but they're dangerous to keep them out, you know, to use the leftists' own approach about flattening the curve and all that stuff. They've got to get, get these people off the streets. They yeah. have to. And, and they understand that. Likewise, with the stupid recyclable bags in grocery stores, likewise with the uh, illegal immigration that we've been talking about, suddenly the, the border is totally closed, okay, with Mexico, no less. Suddenly, they understand the wisdom of that. And, and then when, when Trump uh, closes all flights from China, you know, and he was called racist and such. Now they understand, oh, that was a good idea. You know? Ooh, yeah, maybe it was. And what you're talking about with the, the bags is we're now seeing signs, the greatest thing ever, uh, you know, a miracle. The signs are in grocery stores, Recycle, re reusable bags will not be allowed. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the point, one more point, and then I'll ask that question because I think it's a, it's a good one that you'll, you'll enjoy. Uh, the next point is these statements by the scolds like Garcetti, oh, uh, life is precious. If we can just save one life, this yes. is worth it. The, these are the same people who won't close abortion clinics down during this or switch abortion clinics over to medical units to treat corona. Oh, that's a great point. That's a really great point. But, but hold on. They will say... And you know what they'll say to in of response to that. That kind of life is not life, right? Right. It's, it's, it's a, a choice. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a choice. So uh, it, it, that's an easy response. But for those same, those same people who say, it's it, you know, it's one life, and I mean, they are so full of crap. Right. I they mean, haven't cared about life really yes. until now. And said suddenly, when it's politically expedient for them to control us right. and jack a, a Trump over. Now life becomes precious. Well, out of, out of the blue. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me and, and I'll I'll throw it back in Garcetti's face and I'll throw it back in Cuomo's face because Cuomo is the one who said if we can save one life, yeah. right? Okay. So let's say it is just one life. 
Let's say, all right, would you be willing to destroy the entire civilization for the sake and put us into utter maddening depression? Yeah, a third world bringing on Great Depression right, to right. save one life. To save one life. Would you do that, Mr. Cuomo? Would you do that, Mr. Right. Garcetti? The answer, of course, is an obvious no. Oh, well, then life is not necessarily you know, what you claim it to be. It's certainly not the pretext that you claim it to be. There are some things that are worth dying for. Look, you and I, I I'm in my 50s. You, you're in your early 50s, too. And Oh, in a year. Oh, I'm sorry. In okay, so you're late 40s. Okay. I, you know, it turns out that there are some people who have died who are in their 50s through this, uh, you know, uh, what, what is this? <laughs> Coronavirus. China virus. The China virus, right. Yeah. So, look, I can, I'm technically at risk, right? I'm willing to die for the sake of, you know, and I think everyone should go back to business, like the restaurants and everything else, because if we don't have that, we will utterly destroy America, the country that I love so much. I'm willing to die for that, okay? I, I, I'm at risk. My parents, who are elderly, they're willing to die. They understand that, you know, for, their, for them living another five to ten years, and probably it's less than that, okay, they are not asking the country to utterly collapse so that they can have uh, a couple more years of their lives. It does, it, they are willing to make that sacrifice, right. okay? And I, and I respect. They are the warriors. That's what it is to be patriotic. That's what it is to, take, uh, to make sacrifice. Not to expect everyone to get in their fucking homes and utterly destroy the country in the process, that is unacceptable. You are not a warrior. You are not pitching in. You are helping to destroy America. Yeah. That's all you're doing. The very thing that you're supposedly defending. Yeah, and then we'll come out of our houses one day, one glorious day, whether it's months from now or years from now, as Garcetti would like it to be, no doubt. And then we'll rub our eyes, you know, with, with, the, sun, with the sun coming into our eyes, and, and we'll say, what's left? What do we have now? Yeah, ash. That's yeah, what you have. that's right. The, equivalent, the, the metaphorical equivalent of ash. And we'll be, you know, competing with each other over the garbage heaps? Yeah, well, to a communist like Garcetti, and I use that term not hyperbolically, but accurately. If you see, if you know this man's past and you see his behavior this week, undoubtedly, communist revolutionary. Communist revolutionaries want to destroy the world so they can remake it in their own image at year zero. Yeah. That's what this is. And, and in fact... Uh, there are all these plans around L.A. Like, you've heard of Vision Zero. That's that plan where they cut off all the traffic lanes to reduce traffic deaths by zero. Because if we could only save one life, if we could yeah. lock up all of our traffic everywhere in L.A. just to save one life, it's worth it to these people, oh, yeah, right? No, you know, that's, that's perfect that's example. Point. I was going to give that example. Uh, traffic is, is a perfect example of this. Let me, let me get this clear. There are 350,000. Uh, I'm going to repeat, repeat that number for, for all of our listeners. 350,000 deaths per year related solely to car accidents in America alone. Let me repeat, 350,000 deaths in America per year resulting solely from car accidents. Okay, and that happens every year and it's growing because the population is growing. If, if life is so precious, if life is so the, the decision maker, even one life. You need to stop all traffic, all cars, forever. Don't please don't give that idea. 
<laughs> Don't I, remind him. But, but, uh, <laughs> but you would say that's absurd, Barack, of course. and you'd be right. Uh, of course, we're, we all acknowledge that that would be absurd. But you're going to say the same thing about airplane travel. Okay, I mean, yeah. you know, you airplane travel is a life. Oh, those those 200 people killed in PSA flight uh, 200 or whatever that was in 1978. Why didn't we land planes yeah, in yeah. 1978? Yeah, no, and, and you know, uh, a, a friend of mine died in that uh, flight. By the way, it was uh, it was very interesting. Horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, but the point is, you know, no one said, let's stop uh, all these planes. Right, the Malaysian plane disappeared like in the show Lost. Why didn't we ban planes in 2015? Right, well, there, right. there you go. So, so trying to create logic out of this and somehow, you know, and, and, and we said this before, like when you, uh, if you die of the flu this year, because guess what? There's going to be 30 to 50,000 people dying of the flu this there same year. Are. That's the number right. already. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so let's say, oh, you know, my Nana, you know, Sadly, she died uh, this year of the flu, uh, but but it wasn't the coronavirus. No, it was the flu. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So so it's no big deal then. Right. Okay. No you, you know, like <laughs> so so it's nothing. Like no, she died. You know, a death is a death. It doesn't matter how you die. I mean, it. it these people, the way trying to figure out how they think is is maddening. Look, we know, and, and now I'm changing gears a little bit. But it's still on the same page because this actually does explain everything, what I'm about to say. They love this coronavirus. They love it because it gives them an opportunity, as you said, Ari, to scorch the earth and then rebuild from it all over again. Because this is, this is the maddening vision that they have. They don't really believe anything that they're saying. They want to rebuild in their own image and with their own vision. And their vision includes government mandating everything. There's gonna be all sorts of new highways and new bullet trains and well, new not public transport. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. The new bullet trains and they have, you know, something like that, that future that you saw in, um, uh, oh my gosh. Blade Runner or something? Yeah, okay, Blade, no, but Blade Runner is more dystopian. Um, what's that movie with Tom Cruise? Oh, um, it, Minority Report. Minority Report, yeah, where everything's kind of, and everyone's being checked and their eyes are being scanned and, and everyone goes into these public, uh, they're, they're all clean, these subways and everything else, right? right? That's, that's the vision they have. They all go, kind of go to work in these tubes that they're, you know, sucked into and, and then they're released at the end of the, and they're all super fast and everything else. That's, that's the vision that they have. And people can only make so much money. In fact, everyone makes the same amount of money. They really think that this works. And, and what better way to do that than to destroy all the foundations of our civilization? And how do I know that that is the case? How do I know? I know it because there are little hints that they, they drop all over the place. And the one big one that I can give you right now is that we know that chloroquine works. Yeah, let's be specific. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. But I, but I said, I already defined, yes. I'm, I'm not going to get into not, this. I'm, I'm again making clear for our listeners who we love, don't drink fish tank cleaner. <laughs> That's not the same stuff. I know. Hydroxychloroquine, whatever. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to call it chloroquine for ease of reference. We know that it works. Okay? It, it's fantastic results. Better results <clears throat> than, you, than you might get from, from so many other alleged cures or vaccines, because not all vaccines work, right? Yeah, this you, is an actual cure that actually works. It actually works. Yeah. And so the MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, 
they are so hell-bent. Their, their main stories that are pushing right now is that this chloroquine thing doesn't work. And it killed this man, don't you know? And it killed that woman, don't you know? And watch out, okay? They want to sabotage the possibility that a cure is around the horizon. Or not even on the horizon, here. here that is here, in yeah. large amounts. They want to sabotage that. And, and they want the, everyone to go, their, their foot soldiers, to go out and trot that, that crop to the rest of the world and say, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, and not only that, but Trump is trying to peddle a dangerous drug. Because what they want is they want this Chinese virus epidemic to continue on ad infinitum. Yeah, it's the greatest story ever. It's boosted cable ratings. It's caused everyone to stay home and do nothing but watch no, it, the it, only form of new TV. Well, that too. News. That too. It's but, but filled it, them with paranoia, shut down the economy, you know. But it shut down that. the economy, and they want to continue shutting down the economy. They don't want an end to this. No. No, no, no. Because, first of all, it helps them in their re-election bid, okay, yeah. because they get to say what they want to be able to say. They, they're trying to set up a narrative right now. You know, gosh, look how long it's been. And Trump has not been able to turn this around. And uh, never mind that we were the ones who are trying to shut down the chloroquine uh, defense. Um, but not only that, but he actually tried to push a dangerous drug called chloroquine. And they, they want that to keep on resonating. Right. And they also want us to all look at them and go, oh, my God, thank God government is there. See that check that came? Government gave me that check. Yeah. See that program? Government. See that nice Mr. Garcetti? He's from the government. And he's here to help and protect us. And yeah, scold us when we're bad. But please, Daddy, please, Mother, may I? May I go out now? Right. I promise to be good. Please don't take all of our nice things just because one person at the beach decided to play uh, volleyball. Right. You know, perfect example. He comes on. Tells uh, the TV on a Sunday night, scolds us, tells us people were at the beach. Now, they show a helicopter shot from the air. It's like Orwell. An Orwellian nightmare showing an empty beach except for, except for people walking in, in ones and twos over here occasionally. And right. then they show four people playing volleyball. Right. Rather than ordering the Department of Beaches and Parks to go and remove all the nets off the volleyball courts, he says... Now I'm going to close all the beach parking lots because you've been bad. And don't make me, don't make me close the beaches because I will. <laughs> I now, ironically, wouldn't a big wide beach be the safest place to be in all this? Yes, of course. Yeah. And, and now the question I wanted to pose to you, and I think I'm hoping you'll find this interesting, is you were talking about what kind of war footing response is this? I'll tell you, and I'll, my question is, do you think this is the same kind of obnoxious war footing we saw actually in the wake of 9-11, where the first thing that happened is Bush comes out and says, now remember, Islam is a, is a religion of peace. Them be peaceful people, them, them Muslim people, thems, right? Islam attacks us, and the president is telling us the next day how peaceful it is, and don't be angry at the Muslims. It must have been something we've done. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's how I see this response. Yeah. Being that same kind of war footing response like that. Total ineptitude, unwillingness to name the actual enemy, China. Of course. Of course. You know? and, and, and why the government bailouts and, and checks for everyone without saying, you know how... Um, how uh, Trump said, we're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it through these different mechanisms. Why not say, we're going to have this bailout, but we're making China pay for it? Okay, so well, actually they are doing that. 
Um, yeah. And they've been introducing legislation to do exactly that. I don't think it'll pass at the end of the day because you know it's too PC to actually blame uh, China. So they don't blame want to the do enemy that. For being yeah, blame the enemy. The enemy. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. By the way, China is uh, putting all sorts of posters out there that are saying, you know, isn't this great that the, um, <laughs> the epidemic has reached uh, America and it's, it's creating such damage to their economy? Isn't this wonderful? Uh, same thing with uh, Japan for some reason. I'm sorry, Japan. That they're saying that about Japan yeah, because well, it's also wreaking a can. The Japanese. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly yeah. right. And that's so, similar to when the Palestinians were passing out candy after 9/11, of course. So now the point is that they are, you know, they're they're treating us like the enemy. We, we don't get to treat them like the enemy, you know. Hence, don't call it the Chinese virus because that would be. That would be, uh, you know, racist somehow. Okay, well, you know, we talked about how all these viruses are, are named after the places from which they originate. That's, that's the way it works. But no, when it's China, that you're not allowed to do that, okay? But putting that aside, putting that aside, this, is, this should be treated like a war. I think that China has, there are some nefarious things going on here. We know that China is buying up a lot of the stock, that's, that's happening in the stock market right now. Uh, and I don't blame them. I don't, everyone should be buying up stock right now. It's a good idea. It's a, you're buying low and, and you know, gathering up steam so you can sell it one day high. But nevertheless, we are not seeing the enemy. Chi what China did, negligently or intentionally, we'll just say negligently for the time being, was so outrageous uh, that we need to hold them accountable. You know, when Chernobyl happened, um, you know, the Russians did the exact same thing. The Soviets did the exact same thing that China did. Is, you know, they, they hid the truth. They arrested people who were trying to expose the truth. And they pretended all the way that nothing was happening. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here until such time there, as it was clear that there was something to see here. Chernobyl, of course, was a disaster. It, had, it, it is going to have effects for a thousand years in some areas of the world. And it had a massive consequence. But that is now dwarfed compared to what the coronavirus has already done to our, the economies of the entire world. And this is far more damaging. And it's affected, what, 100, it's literally affected every single continent except, as I understand, Antarctica. That's it. Okay, so people have been dying uh, and it's, you know, but nothing compared to the flu, like I said. All right, so we, we need this response, but what is the response? And, and I think you brought it up, Ari, uh, a while ago. For the Democrats, the solutions are always binary, right? Either we attack global warming or we're all gonna drown in 12 years, okay? And you know, obviously the, the goalposts keep moving on that, but you get the idea. It's, it's binary for them in every respect. Either we raise the uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour or uh, people will be dying in the streets because of hunger and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, either we have uh, affirmative action or uh, you know, racism will continue forever and it'll be worse and worse. Yeah, a disease analogy that just came to mind is uh, we must pervert your children with sex education in the 80s and 90s, or everyone will die of AIDS, example. Oh, yeah, um, sure. uh, Dennis Prager brought up the secondhand smoke issue a couple days ago, where he Prager said, as another, but as another health analogous one, which is 
either we ban all smoking or you're all going to die of secondhand yeah, smoke. Right. Look, the fact is that they are truly using this as, a, as an opportunity. This is a, the famous expression from Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste. And, you know, that was a hot mic situation, as it turns out. But, boy, has that been parlayed, and everyone now knows exactly what he meant. And, you know, when you talk to a liberal about that phrase, you know, oh, you, you mean never let a crisis go to waste, we know exactly what, the, what is meant. Uh, they, you know, they should have terrible egg on their faces because it's true. They, they want this to be an opportunity. I'm confident that Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and uh, AOC and everyone else are all gathering together, you know, metaphorically, to say, how can we manipulate this in a way that is to our great advantage and to the Republicans' disadvantage, which you would expect to some extent. But that's, it goes beyond that. They want to actually seize this moment as the tipping point where they can actually change our civilization. They want to utterly destroy the old and bring in this new thing called socialism, which they just think is a cat's meow. So that, that's their, their whole end game at the end of the day, and this is the moment for them. And the chloroquine uh, issue, again, that's my shorthand for the, the actual title, um, is the moment for them to, that, that shows us that they are truly disingenuous. They want this thing to go forward. They want it to be, uh, as Eric Garcetti just announced, he wants this to, to go forward for at least two more months, at least. Yeah. And we can't survive that. We know that. But he would like to have it go. And, he, you know, obviously, if he just does it for Los Angeles and the rest of the world is, is hustle-bustling, then he looks like an idiot. So he needs to uh, send this message so that people will still be looking at each other like, oh, I'm not ready to, uh, to open up shops. Uh, are you uh, mayor of Pittsburgh? Are you mayor of New York? Are you mayor of uh, Cleveland? Uh, no? Okay. All right. So, so everyone's waiting for, you know, the, the, the movement. Uh, no one wants to be the first to, to reopen, but there will have to be. It just At some point, we have to do it. And fortunately, Trump has this correct. You know, just at the moment, and this is the third and final point I want to bring up, just at the moment that I began to start worrying about Trump in terms of, like, is he drinking the Kool-Aid that everyone else is, he starts saying, I think it was just a couple of days ago, in front of, uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Hemmer uh, for Fox News. He says, look, you know, the cure cannot be worse than the problem, and we need to get back to work. We yeah. said 15 days, and I think we did some really good uh, flattening of the curve at this point, but at some point we need to get back. It, it, we cannot have it uh, get any worse than it is, because every day that passes, bad stuff. It, it's, it puts us more in the hole. We need to do something about this, and uh, that's what it's going to be. And he even said about Easter, okay? And, and good for him, uh, you know, and he's sending the message. And guess what? The stock market has started soaring as a result of that. Why? Because people are beginning to see an end in sight. And that's a good thing. Yeah, and it's classic Trump negotiating expectation setting. Well, and he's sending, where, he's sending the signal. Yeah. And, and I think the rest, you know, what's going to happen is more conservative places and states and cities in particular are going to say, look, the president has has indicated his desire that things start moving forward uh, and reopening. We'll, maybe we'll do it on a, on a gradual basis. We'll start off with restaurants being open only uh, for you know half their capacity. Okay. Um, 
maybe we'll expand uh, gatherings beyond 10 to uh, 30, and so on. Uh, and yes, we'll continue to say public service announcements and young people only, and if you're infected, then you can't go to work. Fine, but let's get back in there. I gotta tell you, at the end of the day, and this is the third and final point I wanna bring up, Ari, I think that not only will Trump uh, succeed in, in getting us out of this, but that he will also have this as a feather in his cap going forward toward the reelection. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to show what a great leader he has been. Oh, this is, this is his legacy. Yeah. This is the moment that everything he had been saying since he came down that escalator— and even before, because, you know, this guy has been saying smart stuff going back 30 years, was dead on right, and people, to the point where people who disagreed with him and hated him politically, many of whom are going, yeah, dude was right. Yeah, dude I might not right. vote for him, but dude was right. No, and a lot of people are going to vote for him. Oh, and, oh and, yeah, uh, of course. But he's going to be able to say correctly. And, and now we're dealing with Biden, of course, you know, you know, Mr. Biden with the Ukraine issue and all that stuff. OK, that's that's bad enough for Biden. He played the game. He was the corrupt one. But that's another story. Um, this it's a new thing. I mean, this is way before. I, I mean, so this is way after, you know, that, that 20, what happened in 2015, uh, 2016 with Biden. When Trump closed the airports or the flights from China, he was accused of being a racist. Yeah. Now everyone says, okay, that was a really good decision. I'm so glad that he did that because look what happened in Italy. That was people from Wuhan going into Italy. That's exactly what happened. Um, and Joe Biden, by contrast, said what a, what a racist that he was. Yeah, he referred to the standard boilerplate, you know, a, a pablum right. that every Democrat babbles. Right. And he looked like a babbler. And these daily press conferences that Trump gives on this brings us all up to speed, shows his thinking, shows a healthy debate. Biden or, you know, all of the political rivals, whether right. they're running for president or not, all of them look small and incompetent by comparison. That's right. Now, in the same way that – and I'm, I'm going one step further. More people will vote for him. Even more will vote for him as a result of the way he handled this Chinese virus. I think he's doing a fantastic job. And there's a sense that this guy knows what he's doing. He gave us the comfort. Look, look at the way he comports himself during these press conferences. He's calm. He's cool. He's collected. The, the way he, his, vo his voice never lifts up in anger, never. Um, he, he still smiles. He, he takes on challenging questions. And he says, you know what? You're, you're a terrible reporter. For what you're, shame on you. Yeah, when appropriate. When appropriate. When appropriate. And he, he handles things in a beautifully even keel manner. People like that. They want, especially in a time of panic like this, they want somebody who is calm. And that's what he delivers. And he's, he's giving very common sense. He's echoing people's, uh, you know, innermost thoughts, which is, you know, look, we, we did this. We engaged in this massive shutdown, which we hope will have had a great impact. And, but there comes a time where we have to get back. And we cannot do it at, at the utter destruction of the country. And everyone feels that way. Everyone feels that way, except for the politicians on the left side of the aisle. So, and that's, that's good news for Trump, and more people will vote for Trump as a result. I have many uh, Democrat friends who are saying the following. You know what? Trump is doing a fantastic job vis-a-vis -vis this Chinese virus. 
Yeah, through a very difficult thing. Through a very difficult thing. Yeah. Now, they, th those particular people may not vote for him in November. I get it. But many people will. Yeah. There, there, there won't be people voting against him because of the way he handled it. Right. And okay. many of them may not vote for him, but I'm seeing this dynamic. They might not vote for him, but they're definitely not going to vote for whatever Democrat gets put up. Yeah. Because they'll right. be like, uh-uh, I'm not voting for him, but I'm not voting for you either. And that's as good as a vote for him. Yeah. Many. Uh, well, and let me ask you this. Uh, I, we have not seen Joe Biden very much. I saw him on one kind of bungled video thing where he was uh, live for some reason. Yeah, I don't he's know been why. doing daily rebuttal press conferences yes. that have been utter disasters. Yeah. No, Embarrassing. Why doesn't he just do a uh, recording instead of doing it live? And then that way, if, if it doesn't work out well, no, you know, no, Mr. Uh, Senator Biden, uh, Vice President, Mr. Vice President, uh, you, you said this, but maybe you should say it this way. Oh, okay, good, good. I'll do that. You mean using the magic of the editing process yes. like I use on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would make sense. It would but make it sense. shows a general sense of complete incompetence that the t himself and the team around him doesn't think dynamically. They, you remember you have so this right. thing called static... Thinking. Sad thinking. There yeah. you go. Yeah, exactly right. I, I like that, uh, and you like that podcast that we did quite a while ago. But ever, <clears throat> nevertheless, um, you don't see Biden. People are not talking about him. They, they certainly are, they're certainly not saying, you know, I like what Joe had to say. Good point. <laughs> right. They're yeah. not saying, thank God Joe was on my TV to make me feel That's right. safe and calm. <laughs> exactly right. right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, he, he's... I'm not worried about Joe Biden somehow dragging the attention away from Donald Trump. Yeah, and he's doing fact, a great job. He's doing a great yeah, job. And in fact, the mainstream media last night started reporting on a 20-year-old or 30-year-old rape allegation against Biden, which means, if I'm reading the tea leaves of media behavior, they've decided he ain't their guy anymore. Wow. But he's going to be the nominee. We don't. Are you telling me we can predict what the party of crazy is yeah, going to I have no idea what they're going to do. He's the presumptive guy at du jour, yeah. snapshot, but who knows? He may know? very well resign. He may very well be asked to step down. He may very well die. I mean, I, I, I don't know. He may very well check himself into a home for Alzheimer's. You don't ever know. God I mean, for, you, know, you know, listen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying You're not making fun of me. I know. I know. I'm I know. just going through wargaming the possibilities of an old guy who doesn't look all there. You know? We, we live in a time of surprises, right? Who would have thought, you know, well, you know, when we, when we were talking about... The prospects of Trump being reelected uh, only six months ago, four months ago, I think even one month ago, we said, look, either it'll be some sort of scandal that it's so beyond uh, imaginable, such as uh, like he, he, he somehow hired a, pedophilia, a pedophile ring of some kind. I don't know if I'm saying the right word correctly. Uh, or uh, some sort of massive economic destruction. But even the massive economic destruction that we are seeing uh, that has gone forward, uh, we wouldn't have said, well, that's because of the result of some sort of virus that would cause a pandemic. We thought there would be some sort of like uh, flaw within the economic system akin to the 2008 financial meltdown that no one saw coming. Yeah, the ho a housing finance something. crisis, something like that. And, something and, in the bond market otherwise. Right. And it, it, you know, it just didn't happen that way. So we live in a time full of surprises. Um, and Joe Biden just kind of Bowing out for whatever reason, for whatever reason, uh, would not be surprising. Uh, so no. your point is not a bad point. Okay, let me let me wrap it up with this way. I think that there's something divine about the way that Trump 
is leading this country. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Yeah, he's a gift uh, from God. He, he is, yeah. And, and you can say, oh, how can you say, what a brash, brute, idiot, you know, he's, hey. he says he's such crazy yeah. things and all that stuff. Wait a minute, wait a minute. King David was also brash. He also made major mistakes, far worse than Donald Trump has made, by yeah, the way. And Jesus was brash. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> you know? So, you know, their, their notion of somebody acted, acting divinely, they think that he has to be perfect, right? right. That he Mr. Can't Rogers. Be, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he can't be human, right? He has to make a, a good decision every single day. Every decision makes is perfect. Yeah. No, there is something magical about this man. He makes decisions, and you say, you know what? Come to think of it, that was, that's a pretty fucking good decision. Pardon my French again. No, that's some good French. I'm glad you spoke. I, I speak fluent. <laughs> so, uh, but but just the, the Wuhan, uh, the, the banning of the flights from China, right? That was a great decision. Yeah, divinely inspired. <clears throat> and everyone looks back on it now, like, well, we call them racist, but you know what? Uh, he was right, and that is going to be a turning point for a lot of people. All right, I'm telling you, they they will say. Uh, when they convert to becoming a conservative, or at least a vote for Trump, they'll say, the moment when they said that he was a racist, when we now know that what he did was 100% the right thing to do, that's when I knew I was being fooled. And I won't get fooled again, as the Who song goes, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the beauty, and that's the way I want to rock Yeah, up and it. look at the political courage of that really fast. <clears throat> is, and remember, this is the same guy who is accused of that same kind of racist when he tried to do the travel ban from Muslim-majority countries vis-a-vis -vis terrorism. So what kind of political courage that took to do the same thing he was already slammed for doing yes. years before? That's he, unheard of. People love the fact that he does things and he doesn't care what you think. He does not go by the polls. He goes by what is right. <clears throat> and, then the, and then the polls eventually catch up with him. This is Brooke Lurie signing off, and we'll talk with you next week.